You are unique. There's no other person on the planet who is exactly like you. And you were created this way on purpose. The Bible says Jesus came to give us not just life, but life to the full. This podcast is dedicated to helping you learn about who God made you to be and how to live life to the full. We're so glad you stopped by. I am Emily Honey, and I'm here with my lovely and talented co-host, Charlie Glenn, and she's my mom. So that's good for me. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Enneagram triads, so that's going to be really fun, but we're going to start with our normal starting segment, our good things. So mom, what are some good things in your life right now? Right now, I have a dog who chases a squirrel off the bird feeder, and that makes me happy. Um, this week, though, I think I made um, a big, I think I had progress in finding a way to publish your dad's prayers and photos in book form. So that's yes. exciting. I really believe that's something we need to do as a family or I need to do. So that is in motion. Yeah, it's very exciting. That's really exciting, especially because I told mom this, but I'll tell all of you as well that I've been praying for that specifically because uh, my dad wrote a lot of prayers as a chaplain for the hospital when he was working. And so he has tons of those and he was an amateur photographer. So he has tons of photos and we just wanted to make a book of his photos and his prayers for a long time because we think it'd be really neat. And so that ball is rolling, which is really good, really exciting. That's a yeah. fun, good thing. I, I think it's God's timing finally. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Also, my good things, uh, my family is still working very hard for me, mostly my husband, to put up my swing. And Monday, this coming Monday is my birthday. By the time this comes out, my birthday will be passed. So you can still wish me happy birthday, but it's this will come out after my birthday, just so you know. So his goal is to have it up for me to swing on on Monday for my birthday. So that's very, very exciting. I can't wait to swing in it and look out over my yard. So he's been working on that and the boys have been helping him a little bit. And he's really sweet and thoughtful in that process as well, because we're, we're um, making the stand for the swing uh, stationary. So he's putting posts and stuff in the ground. So that way it's not going to be moved around by children or wind or whatever. And he put quickcrete in there to you know, set the posts and then got my children and put their handprints in the cement for me. Oh, yeah. I know. Even though that's going to be covered up by dirt and stuff and no one will know it's there until they dig those up, I will. So yeah, so that's really fun. I mean, I'm going to take pictures of them before we cover them up, cover them up. So I was, that's really sweet. It's just, you know, one more level, like he's doing all this work to make it for me. And that just makes it a little bit more special. So that's really exciting and fun. There wasn't room for like our handprints because they're really fairly narrow holes, but enough room for my children's. So that's my good things. I'm very excited about it. Also, it's beautiful here this weekend. 
we're recording over a weekend and it's just lovely. It's just cool, unseasonably cool. And that's been delightful. It is here too. It's really nice. I'm yeah. enjoying going outside. But I do want to say to our listeners, feel free to contact Emily and schedule a time to go swing on her swing with her. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. It's not... It's not six feet long, so you'll have to sit really close to me if you come, or one of my children, because they're super excited about swinging on it too. I, it'll probably be a good few weeks after it's up before my kids are over it, and I actually get to sit on it and enjoy it. So what yeah. you're saying is it won't meet the social distancing standards, so right? They can't come. Basically, yes. Don't come over. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Yes, come have a swing with me in the backyard, but just know you'll be exposed to my germs. So there's that. There's that. Or possibly my children's germs because they'll probably crawl right up there with you. <laughs> they will. They don't care about germs at all. So those are the good things. <laughs> I mean, them not caring about germs, not as good. But those are our good things this week. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you about what your good things are. So I'll be posting on Instagram and Facebook about good things probably today. So you guys, today in your time, not in ours. But uh, so you guys can reply or post on your Instagram or Facebook and tag us uh, at Uniquely You Podcast or put our hashtag Uniquely You Podcast. And we'll look at those. We'd love to see what things, good things are going on in your lives. So mom, why don't you talk to us about Enneagram triads? Tell us what those are. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Triads might kind of give you the idea there are three involved just yes. by the name. Personalities are grouped in many different ways. Um, triads are the most common way in the Enneagram. And so we are going to focus right now on the most well-known triad in the Enneagram, which is the centers of intelligence. The centers of intelligence share common assets and liabilities, and one triad is more dominant for each person than the other two. So I'm a nine, and I'm in one specific triad, even though I may take on and do, you know, things that have to do with the other triads. But my predominant triad is the gut triad, and we'll get to those in just a minute. The dominant triad that you're in is where your dominant number or your dominant type lives, basically. Right. So it's just a grouping of three. What are the groupings? Like how, how do these groupings work? Which like you said, you're the gut triad. So what other numbers are in the gut triad? And what the gut, are the other triads? Yes. Okay. There's three triads, doers, feelers, and thinkers. The gut triad is the instinctual center, and it includes numbers eight, nine, and one. The feelers- And they're, they're the what? What are the gut triad? Doers. Doers. Okay. Just yeah. making sure. Yes, I did. The feelers are in the heart triad. It's the feeling center, and those are numbers two, three, and four. And the thinkers are in the head triad or the thinking center, and those are numbers five, six, and seven. So within each triad, 
we tend to process and react and respond to life from the center of intelligence first. And so we each have an emotional struggle and we each have a common desire that drives our type and those are found in the triad. So all three number, numbers in the triad will have the same emotional struggle and common desire. We develop strategies to compensate for the struggles in our triad and knowing how we struggle can help us understand how to overcome our struggles and move into growth. So anyone struggling with determining your type, you know, you might want to, or you might be able to narrow it down by finding your triad group first. Right. And each number, even though they share a common struggle and desire, they are motivated in those things by different motivations. Correct. Exactly. And so they may look entirely different in each number. Oh, definitely. Right. Definitely. So, well, let's talk about that a little bit then. So let's start with the doers. Start with your triad mom. Like she said, that includes eights, nines, and ones. And they're called the gut triad, right? Which sounds kind of funny to me at least, but that's because they react from their instincts, right? From their gut. So they get like a visceral gut reaction and they trust it. And it's often true, right? It's often their gut reaction is often right. Um, and so that's, they're very instinctual. They tend to rely less on their feelings and on their thinking, which doesn't mean that they don't have feelings or they don't think just your main reaction to life is instinctual or guttural. It's going to be this quick, um, like almost visceral reaction. So the common emotional struggle in the doers triad is anger, right, mom? Correct. And the common desire is for justice. So they're very justice oriented, which is fantastic. Uh, so mom is going to talk about each number briefly because they have these commonalities, but they react differently to them and partially because they're motivated differently. So their reactions are going to be different. So mom, will you walk us through eights, nines, and ones and kind of how they react differently to this desire for justice and the struggle with anger? Definitely. So the eights, once again, they're the protective challenger. And when they see someone, innocent people, an injustice that's affecting people, they step in and protect those innocent people. They act. They are absolutely doers. They also, when they struggle with their anger, they respond instinctively in a fast and a very intense way, almost explosive in how they respond in anger. The peaceful mediator, which is the nine, on the other hand, they don't want people to feel overlooked or unimportant to them. That's unjust. So they make sure others have a voice, that they're heard, um, that they feel important. And the crazy thing about the peaceful mediator is they do that for others, but they don't usually do that for themselves. Right, right. The way they deal with anger is um, they suppress their anger because it disrupts their need for peace. So they, they don't even always know that they're angry because mm. they're so good at suppressing it. Right. It's not even suppressing, right? It's like they don't, they're like asleep to it is what right. I heard. Right, right, right. So yeah. it's not even like they're 
aware that they're angry, right? Exactly. Yeah. I know because yes, I am, you are I am one. <laughs> and that's why I can say that because I, I see like you're describing this and like, oh yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely mom. She does that. <laughs> she makes everyone around her feel important and completely, you know, overlooks herself. I learned a lot when I found out I was a nine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And as most of you, I think the numbers that we, when we find out our number, we're like, I don't want to be that number. Yes. Oh my goodness. I was like, this is the saddest when I found out I was a six. I was like, I'm the most depressing of all of them. It's fine. Anyway, we're talking about you. Let's go back to you. So anyway, those are the nines and that's how they deal with injustice and anger. So the ones are the moral perfectionist or they're also called the improver or the reformer. They do not want unethical injustices to take place. So what they do is point out what's wrong, inaccurate, and unjust because they want it to be addressed and fixed. They, they are doers. They want to take care of it, make sure that ethical injustice is prevented. They also repress their anger because it's, in their mind, it's considered bad. Anger equals right. being bad. Right, right. Their desire is to be good, so they repress mm-hmm. their anger. And the, <laughs> the, and if you know ones, because I do, they, um, their anger leaks out and they're critical and nitpicky and judgmental, and that's how their anger shows up in their lives. Right. So they each have a common emotional struggle and common desire, but definitely, as Emily said, they have a different motivation for how they deal with those. Right. So they might even do the same thing, but it would be for an entirely different reason, right? They might even have the same actions because they're all very justice oriented and they want things to like justice to be done, which is great. But, uh, and they might do the same things, but it would be for entirely different reasons and um, probably just come from an entirely different place as far as how they felt about it or what their expectations were, I guess, going into it is what I'm trying to say. Um, I also heard recently, this may be a little tangential, but that each number has a different orientation to time. And so those three orientations are past, present, and future. I wish I could remember which numbers have which orientations to time, but I feel like as we're talking through these, that it sounds like part of the ways that they deal with their um, anger and their desire for justice has to do with their orientation to time. Like if I had to guess, I would guess that ones were looking at the future because they want injustices, they want to keep injustices from taking place. So they're looking at what's going to happen. You know, does that make sense? And I'm not sure if that's accurate, so don't quote me on that, but, um, but each number has a different orientation to time. That is true. And so you're, the way you view time, whether you're focused more on the past or the present or the future, can greatly affect your reaction as well to your common desire and your common struggle. That's really interesting because I live in the present. Yeah. And I don't know if that's common to all nines. I haven't heard or read anything about that at this point. Yeah. Well, I heard it from Suzanne Stabile. I was listening to her. So I okay. feel like that's pretty legit. She co-authored yeah. The Road Back to You with um, yeah. Ian Morgan Cron. So I felt like that was <laughs> pretty 
balance source. She wrote the road between between us us, as well. But I think it's interesting because I learned that about myself when I went and did testing for my aptitudes. Right. And they told me that I am not a forward thinker, that I live in the (laughs) present. (laughs) Well, there you go. So if that has to do with my nineness, there's another kind of disappointing thing to find out. <laughs> we'll find out more about the orientation to time and talk about more later when we talk about each number. Because I find that aspect of it fascinating as well. Yeah. Just because, yeah, I just, I find it very and interesting. That's what's so interesting about the Enneagram. You start to learn about it and then you find out there's more and it's deeper and right. there's more it's and super it's deeper. Deep. Yes. And so it really is, it really is time consuming if you want to really learn it and apply it to your life. But it's, it's just for me, so fascinating and just helps me understand myself. And I got, I've gotten over the disappointment. I'm starting to really like myself again. (laughs) That's good. Me too. Same. There's good qualities about all of us, even if we don't like our number. Exactly. There are very good qualities and there's a great reason why God, you know, created us individually for who we are. He has a purpose in that. So definitely we don't want to dwell on all the negative things because we're here for a good purpose. Yes. So speaking of that, um, I want to encourage the doers with some scripture that, and just remind them that God placed that desire for justice in you because he is a just God right? He's also merciful and gracious. So we do have to remember that, but he is just as well. So I wanted to read for the doers in Micah 6, 8. It says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So it's easy. I feel like for the doers probably to act justly because that's their kind of tendency Um, But then the next part might be a little harder for them to love mercy and to walk humbly. I think those two aspects of it are just great reminders for the doers with their orientation to justice to remember to, to be doing, to be about justice in the Lord, right? It's not your job to determine what is just. It's the Lord's job to determine when justice needs to be meted out. And you guess what? You can go alongside him in that. He would love, like, that's why he created you to like love justice so that you can join him in meeting out justice. But just, I would encourage our doers to look for where God is doing that and join him in that rather than trying to create your own sense of justice in the world. Right. Exactly. Anything you want to add about doers, mom? Yes, there is. It's since I found out that I'm a nine, uh, I'm trying to learn not to jump into something before asking a thinker mm-hmm. to talk it through with me. Right. Now, as we discussed, you know, my strong point is being a doer. I still think, I still feel, but those are secondary and third, you know. Right. In my... Tertiary. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that I'm trying to work on that is because in my past, I know I jumped into a project or taken on a responsibility. And once I started it, I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> and then I think yes. I wasn't thinking. Right. That's why I'm stuck in this right. 
project or this responsibility because I didn't, I didn't take advantage of talking to a thinker and even a feeler to get some balance in my decision. Right. That's a great point. That's a great point. Since we need, it's better if we can have all of those reactions rather than just our main one. So yeah, I love that. That's great. All right. Let's move on and look at our feelers. These include twos, threes, and fours. And like mom said earlier, it's also called the heart triad or the feeling center. And as we said, they operate mostly out of their feelings. So their immediate reaction to life is going to be their feelings. So they're going to have a lot of feelings and they're going to, if you have a feeler in your life or you are a feeler, you're going to, you're going to know because they they have a lot of feelings and they feel very deeply and that's one of their gifts and one of their curses as Adrian Monk would say, their gifts and their curse. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's a, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing God's provided, but it can also be really hard and even detrimental. So they tend to rely less on the thinking and the doing like mom was just saying, she reacts by doing, she needs to seek help from people who react by thinking or by feeling. Uh, so people who react by feeling may need to seek advice from people who think or do. Um, so their common emotional struggle in this triad for the twos, threes, and fours is shame. So they feel a lot of shame and their common desire is for significance. And again, these look different for each number because their motivations are different. So talk to us about the similarities and differences with the twos, threes, and fours in this triad, mom. Okay. Twos are the supportive advisor. These are great helpers. Yeah. They have a, a real need to find significance in life. And they also have a, almost a superpower, special ability to relate emotionally. When they walk into a room, they can tell who has a need and they instantly know how to meet that need. Right. So in their desire for significance, they will tune in with others to their emotions and they'll go out of their way to provide support, help and care for others. Yeah. And I think we all have twos in our life and we really appreciate that in them. They also struggle with shame. They have a real need to have their themselves validated. It helps them to avoid their struggle with shameful feelings. And I don't think it's because they, it's not necessarily coming from them having done something shameful. Right. They have right. a perception that they aren't important. Right. And I, for some reason, maybe they feel ashamed that they are can't not meet more everyone's crippled. needs. Yeah. They can't meet everyone's expectations. Yeah. So they, or their own expectations of themselves. Well, that's true. That's true yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. So they want to be seen as the most support. And let me change that up. They want to be seen as the most supportive, caring and selfless people. Right. They also tend to convince themselves that they don't have any needs. So they won't be disappointed and hurt when nobody comes to help them. Right. So they are very positive. They emphasize the positive feelings and they tend to suppress their anger and their frustration, any kind of hint of self-interest. They tend to suppress that. Right. Because they want to be the ones doing the helping. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. They don't, it's hard for them sometimes to receive help. They need a lot of affirmation and whether they realize it or not, their actions of giving help, the motivation is to get acknowledgement to Rece get appreciation. Yeah. To receive approval. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Number threes are the successful achievers. They're very goal oriented, very driven. Uh, they find their significance in being successful, admirable, accomplished. Mm -hmm. um, they struggle with shame. So what they do to keep from getting off track with their goals is they don't access their emotions very much. They try to set those aside and act as if they're not having them because they have goals and they have tasks to take care of. So they also know how to become the successful image that each situation calls them to be. So right. in a way they're kind of like acting, right? They're turning into what they think the situation needs. They're being that kind of person. Right. And so eventually they lose touch of their emotions and their feelings and their core self right. because they're being something that they think everyone else expects them to be. Right. But they're not being deceitful. No, no. They're not trying to be deceitful. They're not trying to pull the wool over everyone else's eyes. They're just trying to fulfill the role that they feel like they should be in. Right. Right. Gotcha. And then we have fours, the romantic individualists. They, they have such a desire to be unique. They just yes. want to be different. They want to be seen as special. It's just devastating to them to think that they are like everyone else. So they're pretty self-aware and they have a great depth and intensity with which they feel their emotions. So their significance comes in being unique. Right. They struggle with shame by, well, they have sadness and melancholy and longing, and all of those are a part of their struggle. They can actually be too aware of their emotions, and they tend to live in their fantasies and their imaginations, and they right. can become depressed when they think their shame and, well, when they overly shame themselves. Right. So... They are very, very feeling people, deep, deep feelings, and they need room and time to deal with their feelings. Right. Again, same desires and struggles in this triad, different motivations and different ways of expressing those desires and struggles. Yeah. And I think, I think I lost what I was going to say. I had something really profound to add. And now oh, it's, no. it's fine. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't know. It'll come back to you. Oh, I do remember. Yes. See? In my pack. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a prophet. Yes. There you go. <laughs> you are very prophetic. Uh, a pastor, that's not my pastor, but a, a friend of mine, she is in the feeling triad and says, um, the, their pastor at her church always says that feelings are real, but they're not reliable. Um, because feelings do change a lot. And I feel like for this triad, it's helpful to remember, like your feelings are not invalid. They are valid, but feelings change very quickly. So they're not always super reliable. 
So we don't need to always rush to make decisions, right? Because this is the feeling um, group. So their first instinct is to, to respond in feelings, which can be good. But like mom was saying with the doers, it'd be beneficial to seek out a doer and a thinker if you're a feeler to help give you more well-rounded perspective when making decisions or when, you know, going through life because feelings are real, they are valid, but they're not reliable because they're very changeable. Excellent. I think we need to, as Christians, remember that our salvation is not based on feelings. Right. Our lives are not based on feelings. So we do need or to Or what we do or what right. we think. Right. And that's why those things. we need the scripture, but we need the balance of other people in different triads than ourselves. Right. And obviously we need the truth of scripture and time in prayer with the Lord. Those are all very important things. So God created us and that makes us significant is my encouragement for the feelers in their desire for significance. And I have a couple verses that just are reminders of that, that God created us, we are image bearers, and that we are significant. So the first one is Genesis 1:27, and it says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So God created us, right? He created us in his image. We bear the image of God, which makes us important and significant. And then um, the verses that kind of inspired some of this podcast or the name for our podcast, Psalm 139 verses 13 through 16, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book because, sorry, before one of them came to be. So God made you a feeling person on purpose. I think sometimes, like mom was saying, it can be easy to be disappointed with who God made us to be because we would like to be something else because it looks a lot better to us. But if you've noticed, each triad, each number has their own desires and their own struggles. So it's not like one is going to be easier than the other one. And God made you who you are on purpose. So anything to add about any of that, mom? No. Well said. Okay. Oh, well, great. Thank you. Let's look at the thinkers. So this triad includes the five sixes and sevens, and it's also called the head triad or the thinking center. And as probably very obvious from the titles, they operate mostly out of their thoughts and they tend to rely less on their feelings and on doing things. And their common emotional struggle is anxiety and their common desire is for security. So talk us through the similarities and differences in the five, sixes, and sevens. Okay. Fives are the investigative thinkers. They seek knowledge and understanding and alone time. And that makes them feel secure. So right. that's, that's how they seek their security and in, in those things. They struggle with anxiety and their biggest anxiety has to do with them feeling like they don't know enough to operate in the world. They right. don't want to get caught in a conversation or a situation where they don't have the information. Mm-hmm. 
and know what's being talked about. That's very hard for them. So they're very into knowledge and understanding. They're very introverted. They like to go spend a lot of time and study and study and study. Right. So we have the sixes next, which are the loyal guardians. Woohoo. Go, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> they have a great desire for security. And the way they reach security or reach for security is by knowing all the possibilities. Like they will what if everything to death mm. until they have the answer for every little contingency that could happen. And they also need a support system in place, which a lot of times is family and friends. So when you look at them, they're going to they're gonna think through. They're the ones for those of us or those of you who are dreamers who make you feel like they just stuck a pin in your balloon and let right. all the air out. Yes. Yeah, it's, those are my people. We are, <laughs> we are That's Emily. the deflators. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah. That was her dad, we're, too. We're the, we don't, we're the realists. Yeah. We don't know that her dad... We don't know what number he is, but he always could take an exciting idea and just suck the life right out of it. Just really, yeah, let the air out of it. So I'm thinking he might have been a six. Maybe a six. But they really struggle with anxiety, constant anxiety, not yeah. like any other number deals with. It's all the negative possibilities are constantly running through their head. Anything, they, they want to know what could happen. And they are especially anxious when they don't know what to do or they don't feel prepared. Yeah. So kind of like the fives, they're trying to be prepared all the time. Not just about knowledge, but they want to... About everything. Yeah. Every situation, I mean, every circumstance. I mean, I'm the person, like, this is a small example. Like, I always have extra pins in my purse. I always have Band-Aids. I always have some kind of ointment. I have hand sanitizer. I have <laughs> sunscreen, usually like a little carrier pack. I have gum. I have, <laughs> and these are all small things, but I like somebody, I think it was in my re-engage group at church. Like they would never have enough pens and in my small group for that. And they would always be like, Emily, so she's always prepared. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I've got pens for everybody. Just make sure you give them back to me because we're going to need them next week. So <laughs> you know, I was always prepared. And that's just a small example of my sickness is that we're the person who you can be like, Hey, do you have a tissue? That was the other thing. I always have tissues. Like I always carry a little pack of tissues in my purse because I'm a big crier as well. So very prepared. Yeah. I think she could be on the prices. No, the prices are right. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal because they have people digging their purses for weird things all the time. And I bet oh, yeah. those people are sixes. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> They're like, yeah, of course I've got cough drops, even though it's the middle of summer. Clearly I will have those in there. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Okay. So those are the loyal guardians. Sevens are the entertaining optimists. They have a desire for security, but you would never know it by looking at them because right. they find security by staying busy. They want right. to... And having fun. Yeah. They want to experience the world and have fun and have lots of stimulation and lots of excitement. 
they do not want to deal with the anxieties in their inner world. So they're very much external people. They want to go, 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 do, do, do. Um, well, go, 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 experience, 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 right. basically. They do struggle with their anxiety in that they are afraid they're going to get stuck and in a situation where they're forced to focus on their inner world, where they have to think about their emotional pain or that they're right. bored or they're deprived. They, they feel trapped in those situations. They do not yeah. want to have to be stuck in that. Yeah, definitely. And it's really interesting because I think just going through these, there's one number in each triad that you wouldn't know was in that triad right? Like the sevens, you would never be like, oh, you're in the triad that deals with anxiety because they're very positive people. They do fun things. They're very entertaining. Almost like like daredevils. I mean, right. Yeah. They're the life of the party. Right. And then in the feelers, like the threes, you wouldn't be like that person's really feely because they kind of suppress their feelings. And then in the Doers, doers, the nines, you wouldn't think like they struggle with anger because they're asleep to their anger. They suppress their anger. And so they are not angry. Like no one would ever be like, they're angry, right? Unless maybe you live with them. But it's it's surprising and interesting to me that there's this common thread that there's at least one number in each triad that kind of doesn't look like the rest, but it is like the rest in some ways. Oh, you are so good because that's a whole (laughs) different lesson on the Enneagram. Yes, I'm sure it is. So I just, I find that really fascinating. That's so, so interesting. And I have some encouraging verses for the thinkers, which are encouraged verses that are encouraging to me as a, you know, person who is like really obviously in my head a lot thinking all the time and deals with a lot of anxiety, a lot more, all that what ifing that makes us really good at being prepared also makes it really hard for me to sleep at night. So, <laughs> uh, so things that I cling to and that hopefully other people in the thinking triad can find encouraging. The first one is Matthew or the first set of verses is Matthew 6, 26 and 27 says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? I just love that. There's a Translation that says, can any of you by wearing at a single cubit to his height? I'm not very tall. So that is a great visual for me. Like I can't make myself any taller. Like adding, I'm also a very visual person. So adding an hour to my life doesn't give me any kind of visual, but like I would love to be able to reach just even the back of the second shelf in my top cabinets, but I can't. Um, But worrying about things isn't going to make me be able to do that. So it's just a great visual there that I need to not worry about it because God is in control and taking care of it. He sees even the sparrows in the field. Another one is first Peter five, seven. And I just love the way the new living translation put it. It says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. So just a good reminder that I have a loving father in the Lord and he cares for me and he will keep me secure. So you want to wrap things up for this episode, Mom? 
I think it's that time. Okay. It just flies by when we're doing this. I know it does. It does. It's fun. So I'm going to just give a brief summary. Each triad has an emotional struggle and a common desire. The individual numbers in that triad have a different motivation for their struggle and different actions that they do to reach their desire. Also, I want to let you know that if you're struggling with your number or you're new to the Enneagram, finding your triad is a helpful way to narrow down the search for your number. One other thing, twos, sixes, and nines are commonly mistyped. Right. So the assessment tools are great tools, but they're not 100% accurate. They're only 75 to 85% accurate because we as people are so unique and we have so many nuances. So if you have any questions about your typing, just go on my website, tandem.coach, and sign up for a free 30-minute consultation, and we'll talk. Yes, and I think especially, I don't know about for men, but I think especially for women, it's easy to mistype yourself as a two or and like to get your two-ness or your nine-ness or even your six-ness confused uh, because we're taught to serve but our motivations are different. And so sometimes when answering questions in the assessments, we can be easily confused if we're not sure of our motivations. But if you do wanna take an assessment, there is one for free that we've talked about before that's pretty good. And it's ninetypes.com. That's the number nine, not spelled out. The number nine and then types.com. So you can take one there. And like mom said, if you're confused about your results or if you're just wanting to get some more clarity on different aspects of different numbers so you can figure yourself out or someone else, you can go to tandem.coach and sign up for a three free 30 minute, that's hard to say, consultation with her. She is lovely. She is a nine. She cares about everybody. So she'll really enjoy talking to you and go to her website, tandem.coach, click book appointment and sign up for a time. She would love to talk to you. She's really nice, like I said. Also, make sure that you don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Uniquely You Podcast and like and follow our Facebook page so you can see all the updates of everything that we're doing or what's going on, um, pictures to go along with our good things, and then you can tell us your good things and just so you can kind of know what's going on in the show. And also... While you're in your podcast app, whatever that app is, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and subscribe so that way you don't miss any of these conversations that we're having. So you can listen every Thursday or over the weekend after they come out on Thursday and uh, leave us a comment if you can. That way more people can see our show and have access to it if they're searching. So those comments are actually really helpful in the search function. So if you leave us a comment and a rating, that would be super, super helpful. And tell your friends about us if you have enjoyed this, if you found it helpful. We love for them to listen. We love having you listen. Mom, will you close us in prayer today? Absolutely. Father, we just are so thankful for your love for us for all that you put into the creation of each one of us, all of our uniqueness. We thank you for that. We pray that the information that we are taking in right now will be something that the Holy Spirit can use to help us grow more and more like you and help us to 
hone our responses and our reactions and just make our lives more of a reflection of who you really are every day. So we thank you. We thank you for our good things. We thank you for the fact that you never leave us or forsake us in the hard times. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Mom. And thank you all for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a good one. Mm -hmm.